did and who Jesus is. Did you guys enjoy that? Isn't that powerful? This morning, I want to talk about Jesus being the God of the impossible. And um, I just feel like the Lord is speaking to people this morning. He is wanting you to catch who He is. He's wanting you to go, Jesus, I want to know you. I want to know that person. I want to know a person who loves me, who knows me, and cares about me like He does. And I believe this morning that if you open your heart to Him and you have not met Him personally, that He will come in and encounter. you will have an encounter with Him. I pray that you will even during this time say, Jesus, I want to know You. I want to know a God that has defeated death, a God that takes people that are outcasts and considered unclean and makes them accepted and loved and brought in to His family. That's who he is. You notice that Jesus was interrupted. I don't know if I'm going to go with my slides. Go ahead, Daryl, the next slide. (laughs) So we saw an impossible situation. Two of them, right? And um, how many of you could say, I've had impossible situations in my life? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, and I'd love to have room for everybody to have share their testimony, their story of who God was to them as the God of the impossible in their life. Cassie raised her hand first. because, And one of these Sundays, I want you to share. Her mother was in a horrendous accident last year and should have died too. Yeah, she's still being treated and having surgeries two years later. But it is a miracle that she's alive. She was, she's been in church with us the last two Sundays. What's your mom's first name? Rhonda? Veronica. Oh, Veronica. Veronica. Sorry, my hearing is great. But um, I hope you guys get to hear from Veronica herself one of these days soon. So the first thing we see here in this situation is that um, a man approaches Jesus. Jairus is his name. He's, he's a temple uh, uh, administrator. He is a Jewish leader. How many of you know that the Jewish leaders didn't generally like Jesus? They were looking for ways to bring Jesus down. They were threatened by Jesus. Because Jesus' message was so inclusive, it was, he was receiving anyone who wanted to come to him. And they were all concerned about people breaking laws and disqualifying people. Anyone can come to Jesus. So Jairus had seen Jesus healing people, apparently. And when his daughter became deathly sick, he goes to Jesus. And that's in Mark chapter 5. And he goes to him and says, Jesus, please come and heal my sick daughter. And Jesus says, I will come immediately, as we saw in the video. And so they go out into the, into the marketplace and they're trying to get through, but there's a big crowd of people. And as you can see, they weren't making much progress. And then right in the middle of that, we see this woman who's been struggling with a blood flow, hemorrhage. You ladies know what we're talking about. For 12 years. 12 years. 
I'm guessing it's kind of like having a period that never stops. And she is desperate. But she's where is she? She's on the edge of a crowd. This woman is considered unclean and that she has to keep distance and stay away from other people because in their, in their culture and according to the law in the Old Testament, if she touched anyone, they would become infected in the sense of being unclean spiritually. This woman, it says in the scripture, had given every penny she had to the doctors over this 12-year period. And none of them were able to help her. be kind of funny sounding because it sounds like so many of people's experiences I know that have spent all their money on doctors too. But it's so tragic. She had been humiliated, cast out from her family. She lived with shame day in and day out. She had to be isolated. She couldn't go to the market and buy food from anybody. She had to stay her distance. It's like she had leprosy. She is called unclean. She's supposed to tell people she was unclean before she got near anybody. And so here she is broken and impoverished. And yet she met a man, according to the traditions, that had been healed from leprosy by Jesus. And it gave her hope. And so she comes to the edge of this crowd in total defiance of what the protocol says in the law. And she says, I've just got to touch the edge of his garment, the tassels on his prayer robe, and I will be healed. What an amazing faith she had. You know, we don't think about what kind of, how powerful that faith is until you really start putting yourself in her position. You really start thinking, what would it be like if I was unclean and here I am breaking the rules and I'm in the edge of this crowd and there's Jesus going by. Why would she expect Jesus to heal her? Why would she expect that she could break all the rules and she would be healed? But the testimony she heard from the leper gave her, I don't know, it just birthed faith in her. An amazing thing. Would you do that? Would you do that? So she interrupts Jesus' day. Do you know in the first four or five chapters of Mark, Jesus is interrupted over 35 times. You ever heard of that? Now we know it's not polite to interrupt, to interrupt a conversation, to interrupt when somebody's doing something with somebody else. We consider that to be a really rude thing to do. And I'm a, I've been a, a bad, I mean, a, I've been a, a common interrupter. I get all excited and want to tell somebody something and I don't, I'm not good at waiting and I interrupt a lot. And it usually causes me to be reproved and corrected. And I'm learning over time to gain a little more self-control and to not interrupt people as much. But guess what? Jesus doesn't mind being interrupted. You know, and it's amazing because when he was on earth, he was just limited to one human body and 24 hours a day. And so he had people constantly coming. And yet he never turned anybody away. So everywhere he went, he got interrupted. 
And in this case, this woman, when she, when she fell there and grabbed the edge of his garment, she immediately received her healing. But she also delayed Jesus and Jairus. Jairus is under time constraints because his expectation is Jesus is going to come and heal my girl before she dies, right? And Jesus is stopping and helping somebody else. How many of you know that Jesus has a different timing than we do? And in this situation, Jesus must have known that to stop and help this woman was still going to work out for God's glory. And maybe Jesus even knew that he wasn't going to heal the girl. He was going to raise the girl from the dead. So, in Mark 5, verses 29 through 34, the woman who touches Jesus' garment, immediately the bleeding stops. And she knows that she's been healed. And that's when Jesus turns around. Don't you love it? He turns around and says, who touched me? And everybody's going, Jesus, you're crazy. Everybody's been touching you. And he goes, no, somebody touched me. I felt power go out for me. I think one of the uh, version says virtue, but that's, that's an old word. It really is power. Healing power, resurrection power flowed out of Jesus into this woman and immediately she was well. And then he asks her to identify herself. An unclean woman in the middle of a crowd. Because he knows something she doesn't know yet. She hasn't realized that she's no longer unclean. And when she says it was me. He was able to say, daughter, you are no longer unclean. You are clean. So not only did he heal her physically, he healed her inside her heart. He healed her identity. This morning, some of you need physical healing, but I bet an awful lot more need inner healing, identity healing. Soul healing. And our God is here. Jesus is here in this room this morning to heal not just physical issues, but to heal hearts and brokenness and woundedness and identities that have been broken and distorted. He is here to heal the way you look at yourself and, and, and heal the wounds that others have inflicted on your heart. That's why he says in Luke 4.18 that I came to heal the brokenhearted. Isn't that a wonderful thing? And so the problem is now is that Jairus has messengers come and, and tell him, it's too late, your daughter's dead. And that's when Jesus turns to Jairus and says, Jairus, only believe. How many of you grew up with that song? Only believe, only believe, all things are possible, only believe. This goes way back. I was a little kid. But it, that's from this passage. All things are possible, only believe. With Jesus, he's the God of the impossible. And if we will believe him, he will do amazing things. And we know this woman went 12 years 
before she received her healing. God's timing is different. We don't know. But we know that if we believe and we trust in him, everything will work out for good to those who love him. And we don't understand things that happen like the coal's loss of their son. It seems like a freak, crazy thing that an asthma attack would take out a 22-year-old young man. But we know that one day we will see Jesus and we will understand all. And it will probably involve a whole lot of other people coming to Jesus. When we lost our son, we could not understand. We didn't have answers. When Noah died in a car wreck in 2008. But we, we knew that we had to trust Jesus. And we just decided we're not going to ask God to answer questions that he's not ready to ask. We're just going to trust him. And we're going to, we're going to shut down the, the voices in our head. The enemy wants to attack you in these times. He wants to, to, to make you ask questions and to blame and to begin to doubt God. We've seen families fall apart that have lost children because they, they got their eyes off Jesus and they stopped trusting him and it destroyed their marriage, destroyed their family. We determined we were not going to be that kind of casualty and the coals have determined the same thing. And that's why they're standing this morning. Standing in faith, standing in hope, knowing that God one day will explain everything and they'll go, I'm so glad we trusted you, Jesus. So, Jairus and Jesus arrive at his home and here's all these hired mourners, we, the guy with the flute and, and these people doing the, the mourning, the, the wailing and weeping. It, it's so corny because they're hired. It's like that's their business to go around and be hired mourners. It's just tacky. Jesus dispenses with them. He says, boys, get them out of here. I love that on the video. And, uh, he, and he won't let those people hang around. They're bringing an atmosphere of unbelief into the room anyway. So he only takes Peter, John, and James with him upstairs. And um, I love it. Jesus says, why all this commotion and weeping? The child isn't dead. She's only asleep. And they laughed at him. you imagine laughing at the Son of God in mockery? They didn't know who he was. That's probably why he was actually compassionate with them. And so anyway, he takes his disciples and goes up to the room where the little girl's laying. And in and, um, and verse 41 of Mark chapter 5, it says, holding her hand, and we saw Jesus do that in the video, he said to her, Talitha kum, which means little girl, get up. And the girl who was 12 years old immediately stood and walked around. Immediately. Just like popped, like, like she did in the video. just popped up. It says they were overwhelmed. Well, yeah, right? <laughs> overwhelmed. And totally amazed. And Jesus gave them strict orders not to tell anyone what had happened. And then he told them to give her something to eat. Wow. So Jesus, maybe you remember another situation where Jesus 
was told that somebody was sick and he needed to go and pray for them. And he didn't go right away. He waited. And then he went. Who, who, who knows what I'm talking about? Anybody? Lazarus. Yeah. Said, they said, Lazarus, your friend is dying. And he goes, okay. And he waited a couple more days, three more days, whatever. And then he went. And what was the result? He called the dead man forth from the grave and he came forth wrapped with those grave clothes wrapped around him like the mummy. And Jesus said, loose him and let him go. Did that bring more glory to Jesus? A a resurrection versus a healing? Yeah. It's interesting how this, I'd never seen this, that Jesus did the same kind of thing twice in the Gospels. So this morning, one touch of Jesus released healing power and one touch and one word from Jesus raised the dead. A 12-year illness was instantly healed and a dead daughter was brought back to life in a moment. One touch from Jesus still changes everything. Alan testified of that this morning. With God, all things are possible. Only believe. This morning, I know some of you are here that are in impossible situations. Some of you are here that need healing. Some of you are here that need some resurrection in your life. And I just want to invite you to come. I want to ask Francisco to come back up on the guitar. And Maria is going to come and... and, uh, and, and she's going to encourage you and invite you to come and pray. But I just feel like God wants to touch some people. I don't feel like we're supposed to be in a hurry to get out of here today. So I want to do is I want to open the, the front here. Maria, come on up. Grab a microphone. And then I want to just encourage the rest of you to either be really quiet. And if you need to leave, you can go out fellowship in the foyer. Have coffee. I don't think there's any cookies left. But... Um, I want to just pray and then turn it over to Maria. So, Brooke? Yeah, be sure to get your kids if, once it's 12 o'clock. But we got five minutes at least, so and keep them with you, yeah. So, Lord Jesus, we just thank you for this morning. We thank you for the power of your word. We thank, for, thank you for the power of just the video we watched as it was dramatized. It was so true to your word, Lord. And we ask now that you would move on us, Lord, to come and believe in you and allow you to do impossible things for us. In Jesus' name, amen.